0: is not Sam wrestling. Introducing your host from New York. Here is Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Happy holidays everybody. I hope it's a good one. Welcome to Thursday Not Sam Thursday. Maybe listening to this on a Friday morning, maybe it's the weekend. Maybe creeping towards New Year's Eve, are we? Either way, welcome. I know I didn't join you a week ago at this time. There was no Thursday Not Sam Thursday, so I'm happy to be back with you. I'm happy that you guys are back with me. Of course, the the franchise show comes out every single Monday. That's the show with the interview and the State of Wrestling segment. But because there is so much going on in the world of pro wrestling, every Thursday night, evening, late afternoon, whenever we can get it out, we put out an update show. And I mean... It is getting to the point, I was thinking about it today, about 2019, as we as we draw 2019 to a close, because we now have less than a week left in this year, in this decade, but let's talk about this year for today, because this year has left us, and it's left me in the position where I'm actually making an effort, I'm actually, sorry about that, I'm actually making an effort to make sure that I do things besides watch wrestling. You know what I mean? Like I've always, I've never had to make an effort to watch wrestling, but there is so much going on that I have to go, no, 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 no. I can't just sit there and watch wrestling the entire time. I will do something today besides watch it. And that's not just because there's two promotions. That's not just because WWE's expanded their programming. But look, it started with the WWE Network. And, and the idea of every WWE, WCW, ECW show ever being available. It expanded within the WWE network with originals and with territories that were being added. It then got to a point where there was more WWE on television than ever with not only Raw and SmackDown, but this year the addition of NXT. AEW comes into the fray, and all of a sudden you've got another two hours of wrestling television on primetime TV every single week, as well as, what, six pay-per-views or or so a year. You've also got technology, like the Fight TV app and, and other networks, other independent wrestling networks that are allowing promotions a much more easy, much more affordable time at getting their shows out to people on a regular basis. Like there's no no there is no reason anymore that a promotion can't be a national promotion on some level. Whether it's the High Spots Network, whether it's Independent Wrestling TV, I mean it's all over the place. So I am left to the point where definitely every weekend and sometimes throughout the week there is wrestling that you could be watching. I mean, Impact had a huge comeback this year. I think Impact came in super strong at the end of the year with a new programming strategy, with a new home on access television, uh, with a new way of telling stories and shows that have been great so far. So there's never been this much content available and to everybody. You know, even in wrestling's quote unquote heyday, most recent heyday anyway, in the Attitude Era, when there were a lot of independent promotions, nothing was national except for the tape trading community. You know, you could get VHS copies of stuff, but now it's just become so easy to watch everything that you have to remind yourself not to watch everything. So that's where that's what I think the biggest thing about this year in wrestling has been. But I thought today, since we've only got a matter of days left in the year anyway, I thought today we would go over and we would talk about what and who made the biggest impact in WWE in 2019. I've narrowed it down. I've been thinking about it for a while, and I've got my list, and I've got people crossed off and added, and I've got—honestly, I could have gone to 15. And then I've got even more honorable mentions after that. But I figure we'll get to 10. The top 10, forgive the expression, impact players— in the WWE in 2019. These are the people who made the biggest impact throughout the entire year. You know, I think that a lot of times when you make these lists, they get clouded with what's happened recently. And that's what we want to avoid. Don't get confused. This is not an award show. I was thinking about doing the Sammy Awards, much like the Slammy Awards, but the Sammies would be awards that I would give out to people. Uh, There are no Sammy Awards this year. I'm naming the top 10 most impactful people in WWE. By the way, I had to take myself off the list. I'm not saying I'm the most impactful person in WWE in 2019, but I am saying I'm top three. So I'm not on my own list because I felt like there would be a conflict of interest. Uh, So I took myself off on that one. Of course, I will also be helping present the NXT year-end awards on Wednesday, New Year's Day, night the e8 p.m Eastern on January 1st 2020 you can see me on the USA network with that goof Pat McAfee and Catherine Kelly uh and we'll be uh helping dole out the NXT year-end awards these aren't awards so much as just my top 10 people who made an impact in WWE in 2019 so let's get started okay and I'll count down from 10 to 1. And my, I, think, I think you're already going to be surprised at my number 10 person. And I would play their theme music, but the last time I did that was uh, on the show where Hot Dog and I watched Survivor Series 91 and I played him the Big Boss Man's theme music and I got busted on YouTube for playing copyrighted music. So I'm not going to play the theme music and add those production elements. I'm just going to talk to you about what it is. Number 10, Samoa Joe. I thought Samoa Joe was the number 10 most impactful person superstar in WWE in 2019. And I thought that for a couple reasons. And you're going to sit there right away and say, Sam, that is completely influenced by the end of the year. More specifically, the last Raw of the year. And that did have a lot to do with it. I mean, Raw on the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve, it was a holiday show. It was a taped show. It was a show that, you know, a lot of people weren't watching because this week, this holiday week, everybody's thrown off their schedule anyway. Nobody knows what day of the week it is. I'm sure most people listening are like, oh, I forgot today was even Thursday, you know? So all the schedules are all mixed up and nobody's watching TV anyway. So you could do a throwaway show this week and nobody would crucify you for it. But WWE put on a Raw this week. That ended with Samoa Joe trending, and it wasn't because he was great on commentary. It was because he stood up to the authors of pain, and he got slammed through a table. That whole moment was so awesome on the twenty on on Raw on the twenty third, when Seth when you know Samoa Joe says like "Don't make me stand up because if I stand up, blah blah blah," and Seth Rollins says. Okay, no problem, no problem. Then when he turns his back, he just says, finish him. Which is, I mean, that's that dastardly heel Seth Rollins that I think we've been desperate for for a long time. That's starting to get back to that Seth Rollins that was, you know, hanging out with Triple H and the authority. Like, that was, what a great Seth Rollins that was. And what a great Seth Rollins this is turning into. But, you know, Samoa Joe, it's been, I don't... I don't know that we've ever had a regular member of the commentary booth. I mean, maybe Macho Man Randy Savage, who was also a credible threat in the sense that he was an active member of the roster. It's one thing, like, sure, you could say, well, Booker is a credible threat, and he is, but he's not an active member of the roster. You know it's going to take a lot for Booker T to come back into the fold. Samoa Joe, on the other hand, as soon as that wrist heals up, he's ready to get back in the ring. And I think we all got reminded of that who would have thought that Samoa Joe sitting on commentary would, would be that boost that Samoa Joe needed in his career? Let's talk about the year that Samoa Joe had. So I think that the commentary has a lot to do with it. I think if Samoa Joe had not sat down to that Raw broadcaster's booth several weeks ago, he might not have made my top 10. Probably wouldn't have made my top 10. But I think that's a big thing. He sat down in that commentator's booth, and just about every wrestling fan I know fell in love with Samoa Joe on commentary, fell in love with the broadcaster version of Sh- Samoa Joe, and it really added to the appreci- appreciation of him. Everybody that already thinks that he can do no wrong, everybody that already thinks like his promos are amazing, Wendy, his matches are amazing. Then he sits down and puts on a headset and does commentary, and that's amazing. It's like, okay, now Samoa Joe has just entered a new level. A lot of people are that double threat, in-the-ring promos. Triple threat, you do commentary too, who knows what else Samoa Joe can do. That's when it starts to get into the territory of, I guess Samoa Joe is just good at everything there is to be good at. To then come out of it, like that, and that's why I think that that segment with the authors of Pain works so well, because Samoa Joe has worked up so much good faith in the few weeks that he's been on Raw with Vic Joseph and Jerry the King Lawler. So the commentary for Samoa Joe had a lot to do with it. I think the commentary opened a lot of people's eyes to how well-rounded Samoa Joe actually is. But let's keep in mind the year that Samoa Joe has had. Samoa Joe did have a very subtle, good guy flip. You know, he had... His run, He was pegged as the guy to bring Roman Reigns back. When Roman Reigns made his return to WWE, it was Samoa Joe as the dastardly heel that the other Samoan Joe, Roman Reigns, would take on. And that, that's a big spot to be in. And, you know, I, I, I think he was successful. I think he did all that he could with it. You know what I mean? I think anybody that talks about the shortcomings of that story, Samoa Joe's... Not the issue. And quite frankly, neither is Roman Reigns. Uh but then you look at you know, you look at WrestleMania and the fact that he beat Rey Mysterio in, in ten seconds on the grandest stage of them all. You look at that at that babyface turn and that real subtle thing where we all thought that Samoa Joe was the one who was trying to murder Roman Reigns. And as it turned out, it was Eric Rowan. You'd probably say, Oh, I guess that means Eric Rowan is in the top ten on this list. You know, I think going from possibly trying to murder Roman Reigns, to what's in the box? I don't know if that makes it to the top 10 this year, but we'll see. We're only on number 10. But I think with the year that Samoa Joe had building to this, lots of little seeds planted, and then to have everything that's happened for him happen at the end of the year, I think Samoa Joe belongs on the list. That's why Samoa Joe is my number 10. Now, sometimes there are things that people do That are so impactful. They don't even have to. It only has to occur for part of the year. They don't even have to be in WWE. For the majority of the year. If what they're doing is that impactful. And I think that my number nine pick. Was that impactful. My number nine pick most impactful WWE superstar of the year is Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is that pick for a few reasons. Um, he started getting the conversation going about uh, releases that, you know, you all year, this person asked for their release, that person asked for their release. Dean Ambrose was kind of the first high-profile person that you heard about doing that recently. Um, I think uh, the fact that we all knew he was leaving, that the WWE announced he was leaving, and handled his exit by putting him on a pedestal I mean that's really never happened before I think that's that's the most noteworthy thing of all the fact that Dean Ambrose had all his goodbyes that every every town that the shield they brought the shield back together instead of keeping him a heel and having Seth Rollins just beat him into oblivion until he you know disappears forever they had him become partners with Seth Rollins they had him bring the shield back together, which, you know, and, and had him leave looking like a million bucks to the point where the Shield got their own network special. His last appearance was his own network special. His last show, the live event that he did, they WWE built an entire special around it just to highlight what a big deal Dean Ambrose had been and what a big deal the Shield had been. That's never happened before. I don't know when it would happen after. Um, And then I think just the fact that, you know, the whole world was talking about Ambrose leaving. And I think it's also interesting because it's not like he left specifically to go someplace else, or at least that's not how I feel. It's more that he left because he just didn't want to be there. That's his narrative anyway, and I thought that whole thing was interesting. I just thought the way it was handled from top to bottom, was really, really unlike anything I've seen before. From WWE or any organization, really. You know, This was not Lex Luger disappearing into the night and showing up on Nitro. This was its own specific instance and absolutely one of the things worth talking about. So big that I put it on my list. Number nine at most impactful. Number eight most impactful person is another superstar who disappeared from WWE in 2019. And when this superstar disappeared from WWE, uh, it created a lot of chatter. It created a lot of buzz. Everybody had a story. Some wrestling journalists' credibility to this day, to this day, to this day, remain in question by certain sects of the audience. Because of how this person's disappearance was reported. However, this person went away and then came back. And when they came back, they came back, uh, I believe, far bigger than they were when they left. This person started 2019 with purple hair and ended in blue. Sasha Banks is my number eight most impactful WWE superstar of 2019. Um, I think that that Sasha Banks going into 2019 had, you know, a lot of support from her fans. But I think the character was in a, a, a bit of a stale place. The character was in a place where it hadn't moved the way I'm sure Sasha Banks wanted that character to move. And... For whatever reason, I guess, you know, there was a WWE 24 special about it. Sasha Banks was not happy, and she just needed some time off. She was burnt TF out. And so she left. And when she came back, not only was it a surprise, but it was... One of the key moments of that return when she came back to take out Natalia, it was so big that it was actually able. I mean, Natalia had done a bad guy run up until that moment. And it's like, okay, how are we going to get Natalia to be a good guy again? Sasha Banks returns and just jumps her. Boom, there it is. What if they hug each other like sisters and that Sasha Banks takes her out? Okay. Now, that's putting even more pressure on Sasha Banks to get the audience to believe that she is indeed a villain. But she pulled it off, and it worked. And now I personally believe that she's the biggest female superstar on SmackDown. Regardless of who's holding the title, my personal opinion right now is Sasha Banks is the biggest female superstar on SmackDown. uh, And she's been able to maintain a lot of the lead that she got by returning and still holds it now, which isn't the easiest thing in the world. It's easy to get a buzz when you come back. The difficult part is maintaining the buzz weeks and months into your return. When you become not, when it's no longer news that you're back, when you're just here, how do you keep people excited? And Sasha Banks has kept people excited. Now, Bailey was on my list. Bailey has an honorable mention. If this list were any more than 10, Bailey would absolutely be on it. The Bailey heel turn was extremely well received. Uh, the fact that she changed her entire look, changed her haircut, the whole thing um you know I and I, I think that this run that Bailey's having as champion is probably the most uh successful and the most well done run that she's had since she's been on the main roster. It's been a very good year for Bailey, but she did not make my top 10. she gets honorable mention. You know, and part of that, of course, is uh SmackDown being on Fox. The fact that Bailey's heel turn happened very early into SmackDown being on Fox made it an even bigger deal for Bailey. There was a main event of like the second episode of SmackDown on Fox. That's a big deal. Now, Smackdown moving to Fox, one of the biggest stories of the year by a mile. By a mile. But there's another show that moved its carrier that to me is an enormous deal and it finds a place on this list through one specific superstar that show that i'm talking about is nxt and my number seven most impactful superstar of the year is adam cole baby adam cole i feel like has taken advantage from the jump of the position that NXT is in. When NXT first showed up on the USA Network in September, the women brought the house down. Those first couple of one-hour shows that were on USA were all great. But when NXT showed up and they said, we are going to be on for two hours, a night, every Wednesday, live. And they opened it up with Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. And Adam Cole and Matt Riddle brought the house down as well you are on a roll with something. I think if you look at what's happened on NXT TV on USA, going forward, if you look at what happened around the Survivor Series time and how Adam Cole was positioned, if you look at before NXT was on USA, when it was still on the WWE Network, of the fact that Adam Cole led the Undisputed Era to holding and maintaining every championship in NXT, no disrespect to anybody else in the Undisputed Era, because that faction works because of all four members. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong are among the best all-around performers in the world as far as in-ring competitors, as far as entertaining talkers, Um, and as far as just having an innate charisma and an amazing way of telling a story in the ring. How about when Bobby Fish went down and, and Roderick Strong just jumped in and took his place like that, and they were able to just have the match, and it really was impromptu. It's incredible to watch stuff like that happen. I feel like even before NXT was on USA, it was clear that Adam Cole was becoming the face of the brand. Adam Cole is the person that the WWE is sending out to do interview after interview after interview to promote the fact that NXT is coming to town. Something that nobody in NXT had really done before. Something that was was reserved for the quote-unquote main roster. You know, I I think that Adam Cole has brought a ton of credibility to that show. And there are many reasons why you can say that NXT is no longer a developmental brand, but WWE's third brand. It's because they're on USA. It's because they had a strong showing at, at Survivor Series. It's because of the amazing talent. And a lot of it is because of Adam Cole. Adam Cole just has that innate star power and that star power shown through in 2019 more than it's ever shown through before. Adam Cole had the ultimate test in front of him walking into 2019. Can you make this thing work? Can you be the Seth Rollins, the Roman Reigns? I mean, can you be the John Cena of NXT? And while he's not the household name that John Cena is, he is, the guy in NXT, and you believe him as the guy on a brand that is not developmental, and that is crucial to the success of NXT, and he's pulled it off. Um, I think if you looked at the end of the year, there's a lot of people. I think Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler from Strictly uh, Performance and Dominance deserves to have an honorable mention on this list. Um, I think that Rhea Ripley deserves an honorable mention on this list. Keith Lee deserves an honorable mention on this list. But Rhea Ripley and Keith Lee are going to be on this list for 2020. Rhea Ripley and Keith Lee have had great months. They have truly come into their own in the last 30 to 40 days and just really made NXT an even more interesting battleground. But I can't put them on the list for the entire year because most, are the vast majority, I mean 99% of what they've done to be put on this list happened in the last 30 to 40 days. So, they're not on my top 10 list, but both Rhea Ripley and Keith Lee are honorable mention because of the last month of work and will be on this list in 2020, mark my words. I bet Shayna Baszler will too. I don't know what's happening with Shayna Baszler, where she ends up, but uh, I absolutely think That there's a strong possibility that Shayna Baszler ends on this list in 2020 as well let's go to number six Roman Reigns makes the list at number six as far as being impactful look Roman Reigns had a career defining year in 2019 and it was very under the radar for me Uh, Roman Reigns of course returned from having cancer in 2019 uh, and that was a big story in and of itself But I I think the key with Roman Reigns has been the fact that he came back and there was a lot of love for him. That sort of, it's cool to boo Roman Reigns thing went away. And you talk about maintaining it. We talked about it with Sasha Banks. Roman Reigns has maintained that. Is he the most popular person in the world? No. Can he go to any arena in the world and have every single person cheering for him? No. But is he getting rained down with booze, no pun intended, every time he walks out of the curtain? No. Is the audience reaction different today than it was before he went away? Yes. Yes. And that change isn't just because we all know what he went through. Because that might have been the case when he first came back, but that change is because of the performances that have happened since he came back. He's also, Roman has figured out a way to maintain this aura of importance and maintain this aura of being a top guy without even competing for a championship. The slow build to Roman Reigns becoming champion again, you know, he drops the title on his way out. He has to literally drop it, put it down in the ring. He has to, you know, forfeit the championship and, to leave the company. And when he comes back, you know, they've already got plans in motion for Seth Rollins, for Brock Lesnar, for Brady Wy, for whoever it is, right? So, you know, I, I I think that I think that Roman had to figure out, and it's not just in the booking. You know, you could say, What do you mean Roman had to figure out? Well, Roman, you have to look at Roman on screen. And see that man and say, okay, he's still a big star. You have to look in his eyes and know that he knows he's still the biggest star in the company, regardless of whether he's had a title match or not. And he has to make you believe in the stuff that he's doing beyond fighting for a title. Uh, I think that it, it was the right move. I think that Roman Reigns has maintained, if not had his star power dramatically increase this year. Um, And I think that's a big deal for the big dog. And not everything he's been given has been gold. A lot of the stuff with Baron Corbin and the dog stuff, is a little much, a little heavy handed. Uh, You know, again, a lot of the Samoa Joe stuff, not quite there. He made the Eric Rowan thing work for me. The Eric Rowan thing, I thought worked even though it was pretty sloppy. Roman made it work. To the point where when Keith Lee was beaten by Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns shook his hand at Survivor Series, all of us in the WWE universe, the whole wrestling world, took that sign of respect for what it was. We didn't say, oh, who cares if Roman is shaking his hand? Oh, big deal. It was, nope, this is a moment. We took that handshake the way we were supposed to take that handshake. And that lets you know how great a year it's been for Roman Reigns. Because there were times when Roman Reigns would shake his hand, and we'd go, "Who is Roman Reigns to be the 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 uh, the torch passer? Who is Roman Reigns to give anybody his approval? Roman sucks. It's not happening anymore. It's not happening anymore. It's been a big year. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, speaking of people who aren't on the list, for me. Baron Corbin unfortunately did not make my top ten. And that's not Corbin's fault. It's a utilization problem. You know, I, I think that that Corbin has been stuck in a lot of no win positions. Whether it's the Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins stuff, whether it's the aforementioned dog stuff with Roman Reigns, you know, he disappeared for a while. I thought him winning the King of the Ring would be good, but I, I, I think that 2020, we really need to see a compelling story that involves Baron Corbin because he's so good. He's such a believable bad guy. He's so good in the ring. It's not a coincidence that all these Baron Corbin matches are great matches. You know, he, his, his opponents get a lot of credit, but Baron Corbin is great. And I think that in 2020, we need to see more stories that really wrap us up in the world of Baron Corbin, as a villain. Seth Rollins is not on my list of top 10 people this year. Uh, I didn't think it was a banner year for Seth Rollins. I I thought that the year needed a course correction, and that course correction is happening. It's a good thing. I think if the course correction proceeds the way it appears to be proceeding, he'll be here for 2020, not here for 2019. I don't think it panned out the way he or other people might have hoped it would pan out For Seth Rollins. And Brock Lesnar is not on my list for most impactful people in 2020. I mean, 2019, just because it wasn't bad. I didn't think Brock was bad at all this year. But I didn't think he evolved. I didn't think he... I don't think he pushed the needle more than he usually does. And maybe I'm taking Brock for granted. But I don't think Brock is the headline that you leave... 2019 with somebody that you do leave 2019 with a headline is somebody who I believe is on this list because of his absence my number five most impactful WWE superstar of the year is John Cena and you're going like that's so corny Sam that doesn't make any sense John Cena wasn't even in WWE how could he be the most impactful person well I'll tell you relax are you get all worked up about chill out John Cena is is the most impactful person because of his absence. John Cena is the most impactful person because there was a long time when we didn't know what the WWE would look like without John Cena. When John Cena and the WWE went, it's one and the same. John Cena got so big, his name on the marquee had almost as great a value, if not as great a value, as the WWE brand did and that only happens for a few people. Happened for Hogan, happened for Austin. You might be able to argue it happened for The Rock, but I don't know because The Rock was always there with Hogan. And oh, you, could, you, could, you could say that it's happened for The Rock since, but that movie's helped with that. So, I mean, today, certainly, you know, when The Rock was at WrestleMania, The Rock's name, when The Rock did Survivor Series, for example when it was The Rock and John Cena versus The Miz and R-Truth, The Rock's name was bigger than Survivor Series and WWE. So yes, The Rock is on that list. And John Cena's name was on that list, is on that list, and and has been before. There was a fear. What does WWE look like without John Cena? And that's what we really found out this year. I know he didn't leave this year, but this was the first year that he didn't have one pay-per-view match. He made a surprise run-in at WrestleMania to do a segment with Elias. And that's it. I mean, we didn't hear a peep, for the most part, from John Cena in the WWE in 2019. And I think that WWE is stronger for it, not to take anything away from John Cena, because I think John Cena would be a welcome return home anytime. I would love to see John Cena in a WWE ring again. I, I I think now... The love for him would just be through the roof, but I think WWE is better for it because they need to learn how to exist without John Cena, and that's a lesson that, that that was learned. I think that the names, especially four, three, two, and one, but even these other names, I think that Roman Reigns is stronger for having to stand on his own two feet. I think something like Adam Cole has a lot more room to grow without a John Cena there. I think Seth Rollins even though he's not on my list, is still stronger with the fact, because, you know, you got all these people that want to be the top person. And when you have a presence as big as John Cena, you're not going to beat it. You got to sit there and go like, okay, well, I'll I'll strive to be, I'll strive to be number two until number one decides it's time to go. And now we're in a position where people can really strive to be number one. And I think that that's good. And I think that that's, that's the impact that John Cena made on 2019 that he created an environment where there could be a conversation about who is number one, because I think as you leave 2019, there is an absolute conversation about who's the number one guy. Is it Roman Reigns? Is it Seth Rollins? Is it some of these other people that we'll mention? Is it Brock Lesnar? It's a conversation. Whereas had John Cena not walked away, it wouldn't be, it would be, well, there's John Cena and now we can have the conversation about number two. Um, Speaking of numbers, let's go to number four. And this superstar ranked very high on my list. By the way, I also want to take a a, a quick minute to mention some people not on the list that had banner years. Finn Balor is not on my list, but would be in the top 15. And again, that's because a lot of what Finn Balor did was October on. You know, I don't think Finn Balor was having a very good 2019 before he returned to NXT, I think the return of the Prince, I think finding that attitude, I think not having to smile, I think, you know, really, we finally, finally have an idea who Finn Balor is. I am, I have not been this excited for Finn Balor since he first showed up on the main roster. That first month, that he was on the main roster, the lead towards SummerSlam, winning the Universal Championship, everything that happened before the injury in that Universal Championship match. Because I think that his main roster career, since that injury, since the, the night he won the Universal title, everything after that, I don't think has been as good as it could be. And I think we're starting to get back to that place now. However, again, I think that Finn Balor is going to be a guy who you're looking at in 2020. I think Finn Balor is going to make a big impact next year. R-Truth is probably number 11. There was a version of this list that R-Truth was actually on before his name. His name is one of the crossed-out names. He was on my top 10. And that might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I I, I think the whether you like it or not, the 24-7 championship did make a big impact in wwe in 2019 and i think that it helped define our truth you know whether it was the simple idea of watching him try to escape people whether it was that whole drake maverick storyline which i still think should be going on to this day i mean I'm, i'm still not bored of it i think there's still more to come whether it's watching you know R-Truth and Jinder Mahal try to win the title from each other on a golf course, on an airplane, an airplane bathroom, on a tarmac, like all that stuff. I think that R-Truth really made the 24-7 championship. And I think that R-Truth definitely deserves a spot on this list. He's probably number 11 if there was a number 11. And at one point he was top 10. But R-Truth 100% gets a mention here uh, before we move on. Number four is a person who I feel like throughout the year has just done such a good job of moving with the reactions to him, moving with the responses, keeping people on their toes and getting people interested. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Daniel Bryan is my number four on this list. Daniel Bryan uh, for a few reasons. I think his heel turn was probably the most effective turn of the entire year. Daniel Bryan, the Planet's Champion Daniel Bryan as good as it gets. I you know, I I'm such a such a great fan of the Planet's Champion. I thought that whole thing bringing Eric Rowan with him, that's when you know it's strong. Eric Rowan showed up and we started 2019 with the planet's champion Daniel Bryan. And we had a nice long run through WrestleMania past it, uh, you know, I thought I thought he did a, a an ex- a extraordinary job of realizing, okay, I'm back. People are excited that I'm back, but what now? What does Daniel Bryan look like in 2019? And you know, I thought I thought finding it, reinventing himself, and then having to end 2019 at the very end by reinventing himself again and having the balls to shave off his beard and shave off his hair, which you might be thinking, big deal, he got a haircut, but he changed his entire identity. That is a big deal. I don't have the balls to do it, and I should. So Daniel Bryan, for me, 100%, number four. Number three is unfortunately a person who would be higher on this list had his wave not come down the way it came down. Number three on this list is a guy who wasn't necessarily posed to have a 2019 like he had. But after well over a decade in WWE, after being one of those guys who previously you could see him being released when WWE used to have those like uh, multiple releases happening all in one day, this person was probably on that list once or twice of people who might might be put on there. But he went through it all. He got one opportunity, and he got crowd support that was so hot the WWE had no recourse but to give him the WWE championship in the main event at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston is my number three person on the list. And I might regret that. You know, I, I, I could, if you tell me Kofi Kingston is your number one person on your list, as far as most impactful people go in WWE in 2019, I can believe you. I was soured on it because, you know, his whole dream come true title reign came to an end. So quickly by Brock Lesnar. And there's not been any recourse from it whatsoever. That's the only reason why he's not ranked even higher. But I think, you know, the Kofi Kingston story in 2019 is one that should be repeated forever. I mean, it's, it's folklore at this point. The idea that this guy who'd been in WWE for 15 years, I think you know, come in with the Jamaican accent, had just, you know, never been taken seriously as a main event guy. One person gets injured. And the person who gets injured, Ali, he would not have won the Elimination Chamber match. There's no way that your main event for WrestleMania was going to be Ali versus Daniel Bryan. But he gets injured. And Kofi Kingston does so well in a gauntlet match on SmackDown. And gauntlet matches can go terribly wrong. They're very, very long matches. He does so well in that gauntlet match that the Audible is called. And six days, less than six days later, that was Tuesday to Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five days later, Kofi Kingston wins an Elimination Chamber match that sends him to WrestleMania. Not only does he win at WrestleMania, but I thought his April to October, I thought he had the, and I said it on this podcast many times, I thought he had the best post-WrestleMania season of anybody. Um, and I thought that, I, I thought he had a great, great title reign. It's unfortunate because as he kind of slips away from the conversation of people who should be champion, it starts to feel more and more like, you know, the Rey Mysterio W uh, uh, world title reign. For example, we're really at the end of the day. It's just that moment. You know what I mean? That, that it's not this ascension of a person to a main event status or whatever you however you want to say it. It just becomes that moment. However, I think Kofi Kingston's stock has risen to a point that it will never go back down. You know, I I, I think that the world's eyes have been opened to who Kofi Kingston is. And what Kobe Kingston is capable of, uh, and and, and I, I don't think I still have full faith that Kobe Kingston could and will find his way back into the main event. You know, I I'm not as over the moon with the idea that he ends 2019 as a member of the tag team championship, or 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 as one half of the tag team championship New Day. Um, not that I think that they should be broken up. Although I I did pitch that they should be broken up. I wouldn't be mad if they broke up. It seems like with this podcast and everything, they're not going to break up. But I just, I just wish the conversation was still Kofi, main event, championship match. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar. And maybe it'll still happen. Who knows? Maybe Kofi Kingston will win the Royal Rumble this year. Maybe this has all been a red herring. Maybe we've stayed far away from this so that none of us expect it when Kofi Kingston goes on to WrestleMania to fight Brock Lesnar. It's still possible. I don't know if it's the most likely thing in the world, but it's still possible. But I think I, I think Kofi Kingston has just had one of the greatest years in wrestling that anybody could have had. And I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Um, And I, I think that 2020 Kofi Kingston could end up right back on this list. Number two on the list this year, because you're going, okay, I mean... Kobe Kingston, number three. Number two is Becky Lynch. And Becky Lynch is amazing because you would have to put her on the 2018 10 Most Impactful Superstars list as well. But Becky Lynch is on this list because, I mean, first of all, not only did she compete in the first women's main event of WrestleMania this year, but she wasn't supposed to. You know what I'm saying? The main event might have been designed to be a female main event because of Ronda Rousey, but it was not designed for Becky Lynch. And she, like Kofi Kingston, she has a very similar story to Kofi Kingston. You know, there was a moment in 2018 where she was supposed to, she was supposed to be a villain. You know, it was just supposed to be a story. But the fan reaction was such, and people were so ready for her, that it changed the course of WWE history. And again, and this is thematic on this list, is I guess I just love this story because all of them end up on my list. A lot of people will, when you catch this wave, right? When you catch this wave and you ride it, that's one thing and that's a great story But when you catch the wave and you manipulate it to the point that it doesn't go down, that you don't just ride it and be done with it, but you keep going, well, now you're talking about something completely different. And that's what Becky Lynch has done. Becky Lynch has become, in the conversation, you know, we talked about how with John Cena gone, we can talk about who the top superstar in WWE is. Really, in my opinion, for the first time, we can have a conversation where you could argue that Becky Lynch as a female is the top superstar in WWE. I don't see why you couldn't make that argument. I think she's changed everything for women. And I think that she's done a lot of what WWE thought Ronda Rousey would do. Now, Ronda Rousey being around, it helped Becky Lynch more than anyone ever could. I think if Ronda Rousey was not in the picture... Becky Lynch would not be able to get to the heights that she got to. But, it's just very interesting that instead of Ronda Rousey becoming the figure, in my opinion, instead of Ronda Rousey becoming the figure that changes w- what women's wrestling is in WWE, Ronda Rousey made it possible for Becky Lynch to change what women's wrestling is in WWE. That, I think, is the remarkable thing. That is why Becky Lynch is on this list, you know? She won both titles at, at, at WrestleMania. She lost one pretty quickly, but she's been Raw champion ever since. And nobody, nobody is looking to see Becky Lynch lose that Raw women's championship, which, again, remarkable. You'd think people would be dying for it. They don't want to see it. They're like, of course, Becky Lynch is champion. She's the best. It's rare. You know, WWE made an about face. They tried to turn her into a bad guy. Everybody started cheering her. They turned her into a good guy. And instead of everybody going like, oh, okay, well, boo, now we're supposed to cheer for her, so we won't cheer for her. They just kept cheering for her. I think 2019 has been a benchmark year in the career of Becky Lynch. I think 2020 will be too. I think that we have not seen anything like Becky Lynch before. Uh... And I think she's changing everything. I think it's I think it's remarkable. All right, are we ready for it? Are we ready for my number one most impactful WWE superstar? And I know you're going to sit there. There are going to be people who think Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch both deserve this spot more than this person does. And I absolutely will listen to those arguments. You might be right. But for me, for my own personal opinion, for what I've been enjoying watching television, there is one person... One person that is the most compelling thing on WWE TV right now and the best stuff throughout 2019. And this is a person who I think a lot of people wrote off. This is a person who showed up a few years ago with all the potential in the world. And for whatever reason, it just didn't pan out. However, He's come back onto the scene. He's reinvented himself. As I said, created the most compelling television. Created the most compelling character. Selling more merchandise than everybody. And is building anticipation for every match that he participates in. For me, 2019 belongs to Bray Wyatt. Now, again, you could say Kofi Kingston. But I feel like Kofi Kingston took the first half of 2019, not the second half. You could say Becky Lynch, but I don't think Becky Lynch owns 2019. She might have owned 2018 and she owns part of 2019, but she doesn't own the whole thing. I think Bray Wyatt coming in here in the last six months or so of 2019 and just owning everything has done enough to get that spot. There is one blemish on Bray Wyatt's record. That's the Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins. Everything else has been perfect. This is a character who you looked at and you said, there's no way you can make this character champion. And they had no choice but to make him champion. And he's believable as champion. We're all loving him as champion. He's good as champion. Bray Wyatt is my number one most impactful superstar of the year he's taking out legends the way young guys are supposed to he's undefeated although what was his match with Seth Rollins in no contest it's probably like two like you know seven oh and one or whatever it is still undefeated Seth Rollins didn't defeat him the no contest in Hell in a Cell. What are we talking about Hell in a Cell for? It's a time to celebrate the fact that Bray Wyatt just got my most impactful superstar of the year award. I mean, I to me, it wasn't that difficult. When I was going through in the middle, trying to figure out where everybody ranks up, but to me... I couldn't justify not making Bray Wyatt number one. I'm interested in what you think. We'll talk about it more on Monday. Email notsamwrestling at gmail.com if you've got opinions about my list. notsamwrestling at gmail.com Don't forget to check out the YouTube page. Wrestling on YouTube. youtube.com slash Wrestling. Hit that subscribe button. We will see you on Monday for the franchise edition of Not Sam Wrestling I got to go to Madison Square Garden for a big WWE show. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Read, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.